Listen up. It's the Speakeasy with Annie Madden and Carla Trelawney. Conversations in the margins. A comfortable space for uncomfortable topics. All right, Annie, we're back. It's just full on. Can't <laughs> wait another week. Have to be in the studio again. How are you? I'm good. Very good. And we've got in with us in the studio, Professor Alison Ritter. Welcome. Thank Alison. you very much. Lovely to have Alison back. And the, uh, back, yes, mm. that's right. And the reason we've got Alison is, well, we didn't actually plan to have her here. We were going to do a wrap up of the um, Australasian Viral Hepatitis Elimination Conference. Yeah. And we've had a few of those episodes roll out. But the world's moved and we've <laughs> got to catch it while we can. Alison was one of the plenaries of the um, Australian Social Policy Conference that ran very recently in Sydney, run by the Social Policy Research Centre, and Alison's plenary was just fantastic yeah, on um, on drug testing of welfare recipients, which kind of blew up right <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> it's a hot topic. It's all over the news. Everyone's talking about it. And in fact, the, uh, the, um, Ilan Katz, who introduced Alison, said you know, when when this topic was proposed, kind of thought it was dead in the water and it'd be yeah. historical analysis. Well, not it's so. Three times lucky. Let's see. <laughs> Kill it off again. So we thought we'd, we'd grab Alison soon after and, and just contribute. People may have heard um, her and others in the media debating this because it's it's back in Parliament again and, and we wanted to catch up with Alison's analysis of the submissions to um, the various inquiries around yeah. this topic. So yeah. let's get into it. Sure. So um, do you want to walk us through a bit of the history yeah. of yeah. where this has been through Parliament? Yeah, so... So it started in 2017 as part of the Welfare Reform Bill, which was an omnibus bill covering heaps of aspects of welfare reform. And tucked in there was a Schedule 12 Mm. drug testing of welfare recipients. Mm. Completely slipped in. Mm. Um, It was passed by the House of Reps. It was referred to the Senate. And it was referred to the Senate um, Committee for Review. And they opened for submissions. They received about 63 or 64 submissions and the vast majority were on this Schedule 12 and were opposing it. Um, Despite this, the committee recommended that the bill be passed. Um, The Greens and Labor had dissenting reports. Mm. And then it went to the Senate Mm. and we thought, yeah, Mm. this is probably going to get up. However, there was a vigorous debate in the Senate and what became apparent was that the Schedule 12 was a sticking point. Mm. So the government took it out, removed Schedule 12... To get everything else through. To get the rest Mm. of the bill through. through. There were some important things in the Welfare Reform Bill and we all thought, fantastic, our job here is done, time to go home. Yeah. Little did we know. (laughs) (laughs) Long memories. (laughs) The Honourable Christian Porter had already prepared a new amendment... Mm. And in Busy fact, that fella. that's <laughs> right. And so in February of 18, a new bill was put forward, which was just the Schedule 12, which was the drug testing trial bill that um, went to the House of Reps. It was passed in the House of Reps. It went back to the Senate. It went back to the same Senate committee. They called for submissions. Again. Again. 52 submissions received. Every single one of them, bar the one from the department, which was neutral, was against the proposal. A significant number of arguments were mounted in that series of submissions. The committee again recommended that the bill be passed. Labor and Greens again gave a dissenting report. 
And then in August 2018, it was listed, scheduled to be heard by the Senate, except it never got on the list. And we thought maybe this will just mm. go away yeah. and, and it'll just die. Mm. And there was a lot of stuff happening in federal politics. Yeah. There was the rolling of the leader, yeah, right. Malcolm Turnbull. Um, then there was a federal election. Yeah. And apparently what happens is if the bills aren't heard, they become redundant. That's right. Yeah. And oh, so it was off the list. Right. And again, we patted ourselves on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we were responsible for either of yeah, these two of them. take whatever comes your way. And then I thought it would be really interesting to do an analysis mm. of the submissions yeah. and the arguments in the submissions and then an analysis of Hansard yeah. in the House of Reps and look at the relationship between the arguments that were used by the advocates yeah. against it and the arguments that were used in Parliament. So I yeah. commenced the analysis in order to present at the conference last week. And then on the Friday dun, dun, before dun. <laughs> round three, yeah. oh, my God, they put it back up again. So they've reactivated it. It's been it's had its second hearing in the um, House of Reps. The legislation that will never die. It yeah. has been forwarded to the Senate and it has been forwarded to the same Senate committee who have opened the call for submissions as Again. of last Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Submissions close on the 27th Just of September. Change the date at the top of your <laughs> letter. Change the date at the top and do it all over again. So the other thing that I was interested in in the analysis was why is this so tenacious? Yeah. Like what is it about welfare, yeah. drugs and people who use drugs mm. that this Conservative government mm keeps persisting mm. with this blatantly discriminatory, mm. illogical mm. proposal. Yeah. Um, that lacks cost effectiveness. Yeah. That There's definitely and, a moral yeah. agenda. Right? Completely. And so what I did in the for the um, paper that I presented was that I took all I read all of the submissions and analysed all of the submissions and I read all of Hansard. Yeah. Analyzed oh, all of Hansard. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And what became really apparent was that the arguments in the submissions were all about um, either human rights or... So these are the, the advocates against... against these are the advocates yeah. against, who, yeah. are, who are basically arguing that it infringes human rights, mm. the, the right to social security, the right to privacy, mm. the right to an adequate standard of living. Mm. Um, so they were the main rights-based arguments. And then the rest of the submissions also included what we would call utilitarian arguments, that the harms don't outweigh the benefits, that there's you know, not enough evidence that this will succeed, that yeah. treatment under these conditions is not going so to be not effective. So not challenging the kind of you know, politics or the morality not, behind it not, so much or the rights-based issues, but more just will it's it not work, work or not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, will it work or not, mm. basically. And, and I think really credible arguments that yeah. it won't work. Yeah. I mean, the the utilitarian arguments are very, very clear mm. that this is a flawed proposal mm. um, on all sorts of yeah. grounds. I mean, they question the testing technology. Mm. Um, or, you know, the cost effectiveness. Cost I mean, effectiveness, those, the I mean, cost of testing 5,000 people. Um, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's absurd. But when you look at the political arguments in Hansard, yeah. you don't see any of the arguments about evidence or rights, mm. actually, what you see are um, arguments to do with paternalism, yeah. 
these people need our help right and we know how to help mm-hmm. them um sort of communitarian arguments around the community expects that welfare payments will not be expended on drugs so this assumption of a kind of a community norm mm-hmm. um that and that the rationale for it is that if the community the community won't won't accept this and won't expect it um, that sort of communitarian argument and then the third of course is mutual obligation mm. which yeah. we're familiar with which is this idea that um, if the government or society gives you something yeah. you are owed yeah. there are conditions associated mm. with that mm. and in this instance the condition is that you're not allowed to use drugs mm. so the distance between the advocates all using yeah. rights and utilitarian yeah. mm. arguments and the politicians mm. arguing on paternalism, mm. mutual obligation and communitarianism. They were on two different yeah. tracks, yeah. really, and didn't kind of speak to each other. Mm. So that was kind of the conclusion, in yeah. a sense, from the paper. Yeah, if, if anybody's interested, I think I t- wore my... Tweeting thumbs to the bone, <laughs> tweeting every single utterance that Alison made. And one of the terms you used was that these arguments from, from each camp, for and against, just slide past each mm, other. Yeah. They don't touch. Yeah. Mm. That They don't mm, speak. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, pissing into the wind. In, Absolutely. In the, there's no one looking mm. or listening or yep. taking any notice of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we do? Yeah. What's going to be the third submission? It's an interesting point about, you know, is there, do you have thoughts on that sliding past each other? You know, yeah, sliding. sure. I mean, I think, in fact, it was Carla who mm. asked the question mm. in at the right. conference that maybe the utilitarian and rights-based arguments have actually been heard mm. um, to some extent. Um in the process. And you can see some of the Labor and Greens politicians, they use those arguments. Yeah, yeah right. So it's not just mm. that we as an advocacy community mm. need to perhaps change some of our arguments. I think politicians who um, are, are arguing against the proposal might want to think about their arguments as well. Yeah. Mm. What do we do? Do we take on paternalism? Yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, I, I, well, I, th- I mean, well I, th- I mean, I think there is a way of thinking. So it, d- it depends a bit on where you stand, I yeah. suppose. I mean, personally, I think there is a potential role for some paternalism when people are not able to make decisions for themselves um, due to mental health, cognitive impairment, or when they're in a very serious risk of losing their life. Um, and you know, some of our services, you know, particularly around mental health, you know, someone being... But should you being really be on Newstart if you're in that position? No, well, that's the yeah. other problem. I mean, that's a that's a separate argument. That's a that's a separate argument. Just on... Yeah. So I think there's a way yeah. to say there might be aspects to a paternalistic response, sure. but it's not appropriate for yeah. people who are using drugs, who yeah. are not impaired, yeah. who can make yeah. choices, yeah. who have the ability... Yeah. Um, to you know you know work and function in society and so on if the concern is about people who are drug dependent Mm. new start's not the right mechanism so that's your point annie i mean why are these people on new start in the first place yeah Mm. if Um, they are 
you know, seriously struggling with drug dependence or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And so the politicians are there saying, mm. you know, Turnbull said this is a mm. policy made in love. Um, <laughs> the, um, you know, they're saying we we want to the politicians for the proposal. Mm. You know, we want to help these people. Mm. These people are in a desperate situation. Mm. Um, we want to um, ensure that they receive mm. the care and support mm. and treatment that yeah. they need. I agree. We but want to ensure that. Me. But it needs to... I mean, why do you have to urine yeah. test yeah. everyone who's on Newstart yeah. to, to set up that. a good treatment exactly. system? Is that where it has to go? And it also reminds me, very interestingly, of some of the rhetoric behind, you know, at the, even the UN conventions on this er- mm. in this area around drug, drug control because they too have this sort of paternalistic mm. kind of humanitarian sort of compassion. That's why we do what we do. We're all about stopping drugs because drugs destroy people yeah. and communities. And, all. and Meanwhile, children. everything that's driving that agenda is highly punitive and, yep. Yep. you know, par- punishment-focused yep. and whatever. Um, it's a very, you know, they're very closely aligned. They are. They are. And it, and, it, and it's hard to walk the line, I think. But what's wrong with the bill fundamentally is that it doesn't distinguish between drug use yeah. and problems associated yeah. with drug yeah. use. And yeah. a urine test yeah. will so never yeah. will yes. never tell yeah. the difference. You've got to yeah. talk to someone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And making you know? someone's life incredibly, you know, measurably worse mm. under those circumstances is hardly going to benefit them or anyone yeah. around them or, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's likely to be Centrelink um, staff or whatever who are going to hop the brunt of a lot of this. And well, how are they going to do supervised mm. urine drug screens? Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's a whole practicality problem, yeah. and then there's the argument about the lack of treatment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if this yeah, if this idea is to refer to. people mm. to where where mm. are the treatment services that mm. they're going to yeah. um, receive? Oh, there's an extra $10 million for that. <laughs> Sorry, of course there is an extra $10 million <laughs> yes, for that. That ought to do it. In, in those three, three sites, sites yeah. for forever, you yeah. know, and yeah. for what and where do yeah. the staff yeah. come from? Because some yeah. of them are isolated sites, right? Mm. They're non-metro sites, mm. some of them. Mm. And do we know how the sites were selected? But is that, has that So the government has disclosed that they selected them on the basis of a number of factors, yeah. their crime rate... Wastewater oh. <laughs> analysis, um, and um, you know drug use rates in the in the household survey. Interestingly, two of the sites, Mandurah yeah. in Western Australia and Logan in Queensland, yeah. both wrote submissions to the right. second Senate inquiry, right. arguing against. Yeah. So this is the thing, it. isn't it? You know, sort of in these communities themselves, there's loads of resistance. You know, no treatment services, oh. Centrelink staff not equipped to deal with that. I mean, even if you yeah. take all of the other concerns yeah. out of the yeah. picture, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare waiting to happen. And, yeah, it's yeah. completely harebrained, yeah. which suggests that it's entirely about morality yeah. and it's about drug use. Mm. It's not mm. about it helping people who are experiencing problems. This is this is about... This is punishment. This That's right. Drugs drug, are bad. Using drugs, yep. If you test positive, we're going yeah. to put you onto the cashless debit card. Eighty yeah. percent um, of your welfare will not be in cash, and I mean the evidence around that, yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. which is now emerging, is that this is not a program that works for everybody. Yeah. If it's voluntary, yes. if the person chooses, yeah. I think there's been some benefits yeah. for people. Funny that drug um, treatment has the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. I mean, what is wrong yeah. with people making choices? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know? exactly. There is so much more that if they really did want to do something about this issue, mm. there's so many yeah. other ways to come at this issue that might be productive Absolutely. and supportive for people, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, we so appreciate you taking one for the team, Alison, and reading Hansard <laughs> and all the submissions because no one else wants to. No, but it's an interesting, no. yeah. Oh, it was a fascinating analysis yeah. and I think really lifted, um, you know, it was the Australian Social Policy Conference really lifted the kind of uh, sophistication and yeah. nuance of how do you study social, social policy, policy. Yeah. To, a, to a new level by introducing exactly. that framework yeah. around what are the arguments it, and, yeah. and then the clarity of the results, which I know you didn't construct, it just happened that mm. way. Mm. But that, yeah. that, that notion of things sliding, the arguments sliding past mm. each other and mm. sort of never being able to touch because yeah. they're so different and so... Yeah. Uh, separated was just fantastic. Yeah, just thank you. Understanding each other's worlds. And so are you publishing on... I am hoping to, yes. I need just to... Just for our listeners if they yeah. want I to. Need to write it up. Yeah, I need to write it up properly, yeah, but right. yes. Here's a conundrum for your listeners. <laughs> One of the arguments is about um, welfare money going to drug dealers. Uh, and no one's taken on that argument mm. yet. As, mm. as re- welfare recipients themselves? No, 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 no. Not, oh, right. No, that this is government money that is given to mm. someone who is um, in need and then they pass that money on to a drug dealer who profits yeah. from this government right. income. And the statements in um, Hansard are things like, we will not have our taxpayers' money being used to fund drug dealers. So the question is, how do you argue against that? Well, I mean, you know, it is only a happy accident, isn't it, of history that certain drugs are illegal and other ones are legal and there's lots of money, large amounts of money every week that goes to legal drug dealers, aren't they? You know, I mean... I don't think we, you know, I guess it's the problem of getting into the business of policing what people do in their private lives, isn't it? Whatever that is. Whatever that is. And not allowing people to make choices. Yeah. Um, And whether something's illegal or not is not an argument because, you know, we make bad law and we undo laws that are bad laws and sometimes we reflect back and go, wow, that should never have been illegal. That was outrageous. You know, so it's not as if there are not sort of problems in that space around yeah. what's legal and so yeah but you know in another way to think about it is a couple of examples the the stimulus package during the gfc where mm. everyone got their money for a flat screen tv mm. was that policed on what that could be spent mm, on no mm. when we received tax cuts the mm. promised tax cuts yeah. that is Government could money. be seen as governments giving yep. us back money. Yep. Definitely. Does anyone police money, what we spend on? Yeah. I mean, it is an yeah. interesting thing. We've earned it, but the degree yep. to which the government takes that, you know, yep. bounces around sometimes yep. a yep. little bit. Yep. So that, that margin mm. of what was returned mm. is... It's those moral be, arguments yes. about the deserving, the undeserving, yeah. and all of this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. very much itself. so. And, and if... Centre. And, you know, the, the principle of the proposal is that anyone who receives mm. government money or government benefit in some way, shape or form mm. um, should be policed around whether they're using drugs. Mm. So we will be drug testing mm. um, mothers single and their parents. babies, yep. single parents, mm. all young Old people, age pensioners. people who are receiving franking credits. Woo! 
Um, <laughs> this is going to be fun. I mean, <laughs> I mean all of the tax yeah. benefits <clears throat> that are received across um, society. I mean, if if the if this is the principle, mm. then there is an enormous yeah. hypocrisy, which is, I think, what Jackie Lambie is pointing mm. out when she says, "Let's mm. drug test politicians." Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is so hypocritical to pick on one segment of, yeah. of society, completely mm. arbitrary. Mm. Um, if the principle is government money should yeah. um, not be allowed to be spent on mm. consuming drugs, then that mm. should be the principle yeah. across yeah. society. And um, if it's should, because drugs are illegal, then we can solve that by making them legal. <laughs> I mean, like, let's think about what's in it for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why, shouldn't we go be out buying shares in companies that run um, urine testing screens? <laughs> well... Is there a public-private partnership a on the boil that, here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely money to be made in the drug workplace drug testing. It's mm. huge. Oh yeah, it totally right. is. And I mean, there are real issues around sort of return on investment in those spaces. I mean, the cost oh. of the cost of this testing yeah. compared to what you mm. actually gain in information or mm. benefits mm. of other mm. kinds, you know, in terms of people's behaviour change, is really yeah. questionable. Well, we, sh- we should wrap up, I think. Yep. But, you know, the, uh, Alison's been on a plethora of media outlets yep. in the yep. last while. Yep. Um, you can find, just yep. Google her, she'll be there. Yeah, see all the <laughs> arguments. Pack, yes, and the counter-arguments. Yes. <laughs> but hopefully this, this focused conversation has given a bit more um, detail yep. to the yep. types of things that um, will be, you know, reduced down to a 13-second soundbite some, in some media and we can have a bit more of a nuanced discussion. So. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you both we'll very much. Yeah, okay. thank you. Right. Bye. Over and out. For more information about this podcast, our guests and upcoming episodes, head to httpcsrh.arts.unsw.edu.au.